Focus. I'm your host, Mitch Goldman. You know, these episodes, they're like my children. They're, each one has its charms and distinctions and magic moments. This one, at least as much as most, more than some. Uh, it's a great show. This was August 26, 2013. Eric Person is my guest. It's the day after the 80th birthday of Wayne Shorter, who today in 2022, still going strong. And that was certainly the case at that time. And we in WKCR style were doing a multi-day birthday broadcast. So my show starts Monday nights at 6 p.m. As often happens on these special occasions, my show would follow Phil Shep's set. And he would typically do Mondays noon to 6 p.m sometimes more. And uh, boy, these were, if you're a fan of this music, I guess you are, you're going to want to seek out these shows of Phil's if you've been in New York in recent decades or not so recent decades, you know, the kind of presentations that Phil would do. Uh, Magnificent biographies, discographies, disquisitions on what is distinctive about this artist which I can tell you, having been in the studio with him, he would do without any kind of notes, just off the top of his head. It was a a magnificent tour de force from a fellow radio programmer. I say that with unrestrained admiration. And so Phil had been on, and he was doing the handoff to me and Eric for this next segment, which, being a Monday night, 6 to 9 p.m. time slot, decided to do a deep focus on Wayne Shorter, and we had the material to go with it. And certainly Wayne is a bright light in the constellation for Eric Person. So just a perfect match. Everything's falling into place. And we did the handoff. And as you'll hear, the first 20 minutes of or so of the program became this back and forth among me, Phil and Eric, mostly Eric and Phil. And uh, I just loved playing this back, listening to it before the broadcast the interaction between the two of them and their various perspectives on Wayne and, you know, Wayne Shorter's the kind of artist, like any great artist, the more you think about him, the more different ways you think about him, the more ways there are to think about him. He is uh, an endless enchantment. So this is a little bit of that starts out the show and then it gets into more really wonderful insights from Eric and just stunning music that is not available any place as far as I know. So there's three parts. This is part one. Enjoy. Steve Folks. 
Well, I don't know how many dots I can connect in a few seconds, but you heard Footprints, uh, Adam's Apple, the album Wayne Shorter with the quartet of Herbie Hancock, Joe Chambers, and Reggie Workman with Wayne Shorter's tenor. And then in parallel, the Miles Davis quintet version, uh, brighter in tempo and uh, quite insistent on its ensemble repeats. And uh, a classic that uh, has been in this one recording and as a piece of repertoire staple in jazz ever since. So uh, we uh, we left some stamp on our afternoon listening. It's uh, exactly 6:22, and you know I am Phil Shap, so I could go on and on and on and probably uh, doing less and less about more and more. So uh, no, actually no, I'm a really I'm a jazz expert. I do more and more about less and less. But someone who's here to do more for us is Mitch Goldman, who comes your way Monday at this time. It allows us to occasionally have a chat about the jazz artists in hand. But we've got a variant on it today, so I'll let you take over, Mitch Goldman. I'm Phil Schaap. This is WKCR-FM, New York. Well, we're going to uh, do our usual format that we do this time on Monday nights of Deep Focus. And we have some spectacular, maybe never before broadcast live recordings of Wayne Shorter, which I'm excited about. And we listen to them and share them with a musician who's got some special insight about them. Now, this is a great day to be a fan of this music if you're within earshot of WKCR. And uh, in fact, a great week with all the programming we've got coming up, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But I'm very happy to introduce welcome back once again to the show saxophonist composer band leader eric person welcome back to wkcr always good to be here mitch and i i, I was just here what two weeks ago two weeks ago okay. we were talking about sonny rollins right right so uh, that was a great show the funny thing is i'll talk about this in a bit but you actually had the idea of doing wayne shorter and i kind of nixed you. it you nixed it <laughs> Let's get down to brass tacks. You nixed it. Well, we'll make it up for you. I should point out to everybody, this is, of course, uh, a birthday broadcast. Yesterday, Wayne Shorter turned 80. Happy birthday. And Mm. he's still going strong, doing all kinds of things, adding to the legacy. Uh, This is a summary to date, Mm -hmm. and it's such a great thing to summarize. It's two days. Yesterday was his 80th birthday. This is the second day of the Wayne Shorter 80th birthday broadcast. Eric, when... Phil and I do these handoffs. I always enjoy putting him in the hot seat and Mm. asking him a question on the air and forcing him to answer or dodge the question and make me forget that I asked. (laughs) But usually he comes up with an answer. But I'm going to give you the rare pleasure of asking Phil a question about Wayne Shorter if you have one you'd like to ask. Or maybe something. Actually, you guys, you have met on a previous occasion. We met because of Wayne Shorter. (laughs) Is that the first day we met? I don't believe I had met you before. Yeah, I think it was the first day. Okay, what what we're talking about is a a concert uh, for the Columbia University Jazz Festival that happened in 2001. So uh, uh, Phil was there and I was there, and we we heard this group, uh, well, Wayne's uh, longstanding uh, quartet now. I mean, this group has now been together. Longstanding now, wasn't then. Yeah, right. This was... I mean, I think it might have been together maybe a year at that point or so, at, mm-hmm. the, at, the, at the longest. But uh, ask Phil a question. Well, um, 
that might be a good opportunity. I don't know if, if you have. If well, you uh, actually, you know, Eric actually already asked me yeah. what my impressions of that event and of that group is. And so uh, just grabbing the bull by the horns, I remember, you know, uh, Brian Blade and uh, Daniel Perez. John Patitucci's a little bit older, but they, mm. 12 years ago, everybody was 12 years younger. <laughs> and they were a youthful rhythm section yeah. playing for Wayne Shorter. And I couldn't help but be taken by the velvet glove treatment <laughs> that they gave to Wayne Shorter on that occasion. Yeah. That the accompaniment was supple enough to flex to the different Wayne Shorter motifs, compositions, and moods yeah. as it went. And it was very, very gracious of them because they were all somewhat reducing their own identity to accomplish <laughs> this and also blending three identities to the wholesomeness of a rhythm section oneness. Hmm. And I, I was very taken by it. You know, I worked for 19 years at the West End where younger people than anybody who's in the room now, but they're older than us now, were the young accompanists to the original Duke Ellington musicians, the original Count Basie. And I saw that up close. And to see it in a new generation, you know, when, when the West End opened, uh, you know, Wayne Shorter was in his 40s. Wow. You know, so <laughs> it's a, I, he wasn't ready to need the youth movement to give him the Velvet Glove. Mm -hmm. And the Velvet Glove was there when he not so much required it, but was extended to superior performance by having it. Yeah. So I spoke to each of them individually at that time to compliment them for that attending to that superior musical being in what was starting to be his, I guess, late 60s at the time. <laughs> and of course, I worked with them all up at Newport three years later. And uh, on that occasion, I more or less repeated my rap. And uh, John Patitucci, he wanted me to say it to them all at once instead of finding them each in their little pocket backstage. And it's a very warm recollection, and uh, subsequently I was able to uh, speak with Wayne on his 71st birthday. Yesterday mm -hmm. was his 80th. And I've more or less have brought you up to date. You guys are the guys who have attended to the Velvet Glove of those uh, that threesome, that rhythm section on Wayne since, yeah. and that's going to be the centerpiece of your yeah. gig, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've got some really exciting live yeah. recordings, music that you have never heard, yeah. as much as you might love that band. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I I heard this band live at Town Hall a couple of years ago. It was it was a great gig. I I was, I was, I mean, you rarely hear music that has you sitting on the edge of your seat nowadays. But it's just like, it's, it's like things are coming from all different directions with Wayne. You know, Wayne and everybody. And it's just it it really is like just like how he, you know, he's a painter too, and how he talks about like it's about dish and dashes. It ain't about, you know, just long lines and all that stuff. So you get a lot of stuff coming from different directions. That makes it really exciting. It's, it's a lot of, you know, what it is, it's, it's, it's a lot of um, uh, drama built in yeah. this music, you know, and that keeps you interested and on, your, on the edge of your seat, you know. I don't know if you're like me. Whoever I'm thinking about right now is an influence on me in my way of thinking. But I'm wondering if Wayne is... Uh, We've listened to a lot of music together over the years. Mm -hmm. I don't think we've ever had this particular conversation. Is Wayne Shorter a primary musical influence on you? Well, musical and philosophical mm -hmm. and any other kind of influence. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, I guess, you know what it is, too? Uh, I think when I think about pulling out some music, sometimes, you know, you have 
some guys who are just in the top five all the time, and then you go from there. Like you might be like Coltrane, Miles, you know, and Wayne to be in there. You know, you might have Herbie, you know, talking about jazz music, and then everybody else is, you know, oh, I feel like hearing this guy's music. You know, he, he's up and coming or whatever. But those guys, um, when I was coming up, growing up, all these records that Phil's been playing and other people have been playing uh, for this birthday broadcast is. It's music that I, I I obsessed over, you know, and uh, I, I you know I tried not to, you know, copy it per se, you know, because that's not, that's not what the music is about copying. Oh, you know, I'm just going to regurgitate this, but it was definitely very influential, you know. And he's so many. So you're talking about colors. I mean, so many different directions he's pursued. Well, we're gonna hear his most recent. So, if having turned eighty yesterday, yeah. Wayne Shorter's sixty-seven at the time of this early recording, and this is. Maybe more or less around the same time that you guys heard that band. I'm guessing yeah. for the first time. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would have thought it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like, was it late May or early June 2001? I think it was late. Uh, it this this performance that we're talking about playing is somewhere around. Uh, what is it, June? Oh, uh, June. I wouldn't be surprised if it was like within a week of this performance. Yeah. So wow. Yeah. Why don't, well, tell us what we're going to play, and we'll. Uh, I'll just, oh, yeah, go ahead, just Phil. throw one more point is that because um, Eric was talking about how um, Wayne Shorter has grabbed him to such a huge extent, and he's zeroed in on an aspect that is going to be very essential to this birthday broadcast for mm-hmm. Wayne Shorter because I don't think it's got the in depth. You know, I've given some lip service to Danilio and. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, John and uh, and Brian Blade, I think I, I I think I didn't even use his name the first time we mentioned the quartet. So yeah, yeah right. Culpa, That's uh, uh, you know well, well worth uh, running through. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, being grabbed by Wayne Shorter from my perspective in my generation, uh, I remember that that you know, cats writing great tunes mm-hmm. to me was disappearing. Right. And all of a sudden, there was this guy who like hit a home run every time. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, the point that was made a couple of times—perhaps it should be stressed. Perhaps it is springboard to your own dialogue—is you know, I remember saying, you know, I wish there were more tracks on this album. You mm-hmm. know, they could have shortened the solos, or somebody could have dodged a solo on it and tuned because. And you know, by God, within a couple of years, there are these tracks where there are no solos. Hmm. And right. it's, an, it's an ensemble approach and mm-hmm. also this lean, ostinato-like compositions. Like uh, the, the thing that I connected uh, that I hadn't thought about is because you kind of think of the, the miles and the late blue notes as an ending of an episode. And then there's the so-called fusion period. Yep. And, of course, there's the miles carryover there. So Sanctuary to me is an episode of Bitches Brew you know, I'm a child of the 50s. I have trouble saying Bitches Brew on the air. It's the <laughs> name of the record, friends. Um, so, um, but Nefertiti and Sanctuary, he, the blueprint's already out. I'm doing, I'm going to give you... Melody. L- less of it, all ensemble melody statement and yeah. texture surrounding it. And, and it's in Nefertiti because the rhythm section is the texture. Mm-hmm. Those sounds and exotica moments on Sanctuary. I finally got it. And you guys got it before me, and I believe I'm the oldest in the room, so I apologize for being so belated. <laughs> and I'm looking forward to your set, and I thank you. Oh, Phil, thank, thank you. you. Phil. Yeah, yeah. And thanks. What a fantastic broadcast. I got to hear a big bunch of it, and it's really a delight. And uh, let me just back out for a moment. For Maybe there's some new fans 
mm-hmm. joining the world of Wayne Shorter through this broadcast. And one of the great pleasures of that and great opportunities for you is that you can, this isn't true of all artists, but you can break his discography and his history down into yeah. distinctive periods. Mm-hmm. And Eric and I are going to focus on the most recent one. For the last 12 years or so, this has been his working band. It's quartet with a rhythm section of Danilo Perez piano, John Patitucci on the bass, Brian Blade on drums, Wayne Shorter playing tenor and soprano saxophones. And it's still working today. This band has played in New York twice this year, I think. And hopefully uh, many more to come, many more opportunities to hear them. That's where the congruence and the confluence came because I, I noticed you liked my periodic... Wayne Shorter description when you first arrived here at the station. It, <laughs> so it yeah. resonates with you. Not a not a roots to stylistic emergence, in other words, influences to style, but such different periods. Yeah. I mean, I I I'm a composer and, and so I mean Wayne is greatly his approach to just you know, projecting himself you know, through composition is like I'm. I'm very much in, interested in that. You know, and I'm. And I'm. I'm. I'm not. The way his career is is lined up. You know, as a composer with Art Blakey, then moved as a composer and uh, with Miles and like really like laying some serious foundation for the solo solos in every one of his uh, periods is. It's uh, really probably unprecedented, on the, you know, in small band jazz, you know. Does he write any more new pieces in three, four, or six, eight? Uh, I would, I, I would think Cause so. Because that used to be one of his yeah. bags, you know. Like, yeah. and, and, and the way he framed it was so different than the the jazz balls of the fifties. But 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 here's the thing: he might write. He he he. It probably. We'll write in those time signatures, but is he going to write short form things? You know, is uh-huh. it going to be is it going to be A A B A? Probably not. <laughs> you know, so it's probably going to be a long form thing. And which which you know those guys, uh, Zawinu, Lan Wayne, they started getting into long form stuff. You know, um, after Miles, matter of fact, you know, into the Wayne Shorter period. So that's yeah. really interesting. Long form meaning unusual form to tunes rather than symphonies. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you just touched on something. <laughs> this is this is a big conversation. We like to put the focus on playing the music. But we'll take this moment out of the 34 hours or so of the birthday broadcast to uh, explore this idea a bit since we have the opportunity having a musician and composer here. Do you think that there's a, a set of system of belief in the jazz world of people who think that well, Wayne's gone to this uh, very traditional type of quartet, and he's there's he's kind of set aside the work and what might have been discovered with Weather Report. That mm-hmm. that's oh yeah, he's he's grown up. He's not doing that fusion stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. He's back to playing real music. Right. Or do you think that those ideas are still current in his in this quartet? You th- you're saying of his Weather Report. Kind the, of, the ideas and and the forms and the oh man I I I mean I definitely think um, I mean you never cut off you know parts of your body and you know move you know so well forget that anyway um, I just think that um, I don't I don't hear this as a conservative group 
You know, I hear it as wide open. Yeah. Me neither. I think you know. that it's only by ensemble design a return. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. Why I've always felt that way. Yeah, I, I mean. I felt that way in 2001, 2004. And from what I hear, what you're going to play me is going to reemphasize that. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about it. When, they, when this group started, they were, it's almost like they, it's almost like Wayne said, if I can get into his head for a second, I'm gonna I'm gonna play that those songs that I wrote on those Blue Note records and played with did with Miles that I never played on gigs. I never really developed this music and a lot of music uh happens organically, you know, arrangements happen organically at rehearsals and on gigs. Oh yeah, let's let's add that thing that we um just kinda improvised on the uh, sound check. Let's add that as a, you know, intro and, and and so he probably said, you know, let me let me take some of these songs, you know, everybody seemed to love Juju, Mascalero, Dolores, you know, and let me let me finally develop this music. So I noticed that a lot of that stuff was happening more in the beginning of this band, and now they've kind of moved away from a lot of that stuff, and and now they're kind of getting into some newer compositions, you know, which I, I love. I've always loved hearing new music. I, I love being surprised, but. I, I like the idea of him going back in a way and saying, "Hey, let me let me take on this music that no, nobody really I didn't develop." You know? Yeah. I mean, look, look, Miles was recording all that stuff. He never played Very most rarely. of it. Yeah. Did he only play Footprints live? Footprints and Mascalero and a couple others, but he didn't play Dolores on no gigs. No. You know? Or ESP. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Or Nefertiti. Or Nefertiti, yeah. I only, I only remember footprints. Mm -hmm. Speaking of memories, how about this memorable music that yes. Rich has brought us? Uh, Eric, what are we going to hear? All right, so what we have here is the Wayne Shorter Quartet, June 17, 2001, at the Playboy Jazz Festival at the Hollywood Bowl in Los Angeles, California. And we're going to, the songs that we're going to play the whole thing? We'll get through it, yeah. I okay. Think so. All right. So we're looking at Atlantis being the first uh, composition. Mascalero is second. Um, Ong San Su Chi. Chi. That's it. That's what it's got a K. I think they say Chi. Okay, Should. Chi. All right. And then Vals Triste. Isn't Vals Triste? Vals Triste. 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 Right. And then um, Sanctuary, Sailing Through, and then Juju. Great thanks to Phil Schaap. Great thanks to Phil Schaap. Yeah. Another welcome to Eric Person. I'm Mitch Goldman. It's Wayne Shorter Radio on WKCR. Happy birthday.
shorter. One of the great saxophone players in jazz. And one of the great composers of them all is saxophonist Wayne Shorter. <laughs>
We are at the Hollywood Bowl. It's June 17th, 2001. Well, what we're doing now in 2013 is wishing a happy day after birthday to Wayne Shorter. You're listening to WKCR. I'm Mitch Goldman, and we have been in the midst of this birthday broadcast for more than a day, going till midnight tonight. And this part of the show, we're doing our deep focus format. I'm very happy to have Eric Person here in the studio. And uh, we're listening to this recording, Hollywood Bowl, June of 2001, which, if you just tuned in, you might have missed Eric talking about the fact that he had seen this band in New York, here on the campus at Columbia University, mm-hmm. not more than a matter of days before or after this mm-hmm. recording we're listening to. Yep. Uh, yeah. Oh, I mean, uh, yeah, uh, Phil Schaap was here a little while ago, and we were reliving that that day that we were um, uh, hearing Wayne's band. But also, Abby Lincoln was um, performing at that show that day, and uh, so it, I mean, you know, that's 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 history being made at the moment. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean, those 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 two are legendary. So I mean, whenever you can hear somebody like Wayne Shorter. Uh, or Herbie Hancock, or you know somebody like that. I mean, it, who's been around since you know for a very long time. It's like you got to catch it when it's happening because you never know. It's a, it's a. I tried to see many people, you know, after I came to New York because the mu- music was always happening here. But you know, idols and and even people that I did I wasn't fan of, but I knew that they'd been around. You mm-hmm. know, so I, I, I in different occasions I took took uh, the time to you know check them out and you know that's that's what music is about you know checking it out when it's when it's there because you might say like after they're gone man I wish I had it man I mean it's a a few people I didn't hear and I I think now how did I not hear them I miss Joe Henderson I never heard Joe Henderson yeah you know what I mean yeah and I I miss Tony Williams yeah Yeah. and I'm I'm big fans of it but it was like I caught both those guys mm-hmm. at the Vanguard at different times. Yeah. And I spent, yeah, I spent a bunch of time on the road with, with Joe. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, we all have those, those yeah. stories for sure. Yeah. But uh, I'm thinking about this band. Eric, you've been in a lot of bands. You've been, mm-hmm. you've led many of your own bands. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you talk about what you're hearing in this recording in terms of how a group identity is forged and uh, how uh, how the musicians coalesce and 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 uh, an identity emerges. I mean, you know, I'm kind of looking at it in hindsight. Right, right, and, which obviously the musicians weren't doing at the time. Because mm-hmm. I, I know sometimes you hear, you might hear a group and, and you'd be like, oh, that band wasn't really that happening, you know. But if if the leader decides to keep him around long enough, that's when, you know, he's shaping or supposed to be shaping the, the music that he wants to make, you know. He's he's saying, okay, you know, I, I want the piano to do more of this or I'm going to start bringing in songs that, you know, lead us into this particular direction and maybe, you know. And I hear this in this band, you know, because... Um, you know, I know when this band started off, um, they were playing a lot of those, like we mentioned earlier, they were playing a lot of those songs that came out of the 60s that Wayne wrote and that he wrote for Miles' band. And right. So, you, I, I should run down mm-hmm. what we heard in that set so far. Mm-hmm. Atlantis, mm-hmm. 
Mascalero, which is certainly one of those you're thinking about, I believe. Yeah. Uh, Aung San Suu Kyi, the, uh, I think at that time she was a house arrest um, opposition leader of Burma. And uh, Wayne hmm. dedicating a song to her, naming a song after her. And that last set was a medley of Vos Triste, Sanctuary, and Smiling Through. So a, a significant amount of the set hmm. is the type of material you're describing. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, really, like, this this is really, when you really kind of listen to this band, it's, it's really, at at one in one way, it's the evolution of, a continuing evolution of Wayne Shorter, you know, as a, you know, a, a composer, an instant arranger, an improviser, you know, just a musical force. And then he's, he's and it's the evolution of a band that's happening. Because, you know, I've heard this band live too, and so it's things I notice in, in the approach that's changed, where it's like, they're not, here's how I, Wayne would like this. They're not dotting as many I's and crossing as many T's. Mm-hmm. You know, they're doing more of that in this performance, but now, and we'll go to another performance where you can hear it. You, you're hearing the music space out a little, a lot more, a lot, a lot less obvious kind of things. And and, that, and does that come from uh, confidence, or does that come from? Is it just the way the music develops, or I think both. Yeah. I mean, sometimes, you know, maybe Wayne might have pulled Danilo to the side and said, hey, listen, man, you can you can do a little more of this instead of that, you know, or, or just take more chances, you know, or, mm-hmm. or he might, however Wayne says is to make it clear to him or not so clear, you know, how Wayne talks, but, you know, he might say a lot of things to, like, lead the music, you know, give give him a helping hand, you know. Mm-hmm. Some people think like, oh, you know, Miles didn't say nothing, so that's I ain't gonna say nothing. Well, that's that was Miles. Sometimes you have to say, hey man, I, I think you need to lay out a little more at the beginning of my solos. Let it build up a little more, or lay out whenever you feel. We we know the song, so we don't have to have the harmonic thing playing all the time. So and the side man doesn't have to prove he's doing everything he can to carry the ball to right. the goal line. and Right. Because when I'm listening to this performance, um, Danilo's playing, he's not playing as rhythmically strong as he's become. So, you know, he's he's from Panama. Yeah. That's part of their culture to yeah. play rhythmically strong. So why ain't it in your, in your playing on this gig? You know, and then, and then when he's playing certain things, it's sounding more how Herbie would approach it, you know. Uh, harmonically in certain modulations of, of particular ideas, it sounds more like, yeah, Herbie was my main influence, or one of my, or I, I think Herbie would do play in this, uh, in this scenario, he would play like this, and, and somebody like Wayne might be like, oh, this guy's good, but he 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 has to really find himself, so you know he might he might say something, you know, but anyway, he he's picked the right guys, I think, for this this particular band I mean it's like Brian Blade is wide open and, mm-hmm. and he's very you know dynamic you know especially now I mean I, I hear a, a much uh, a, a, a far more um, laid back band in this recording so they, they're still you know they're well, still filling the music yeah. out I think you that, know. that's also I don't know if this is exactly what you meant it but touches on something that struck me preparing for this show tonight listening to these live recordings there's a big range of 
energy levels mm-hmm. and intensity in the music. Not that uh, when the volume is low and the tempo is slower, there isn't a tremendous amount of men- energy in this band. There is. Mm-hmm. But uh, those tempos do vary wildly. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes through the course of a whole performance, it seems. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, this 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 group is free. I mean, it's like... I mean, I, I, I think Wayne, I mean... Think of all the music this guy's done covered. I mean, he's done he's done did hard bop, he's done did modal, you know, uh, yeah, no changes, but with yeah. time, you know, with miles, and then, oh yeah, Phil Shap said that there was no name for what they were doing with the uh, miles. They just called the Miles uh, Davis Quintet. Yeah, yeah, and that's kind of true. It's funny. He, he, I, I never thought about that, but on, on a certain level, what they what they were doing does have a name. It's called Time No Changes, you know, even though that's that's kind of a funny... Well, musicians might call it that. Yeah, yeah, Fans yeah. don't generally call it that. And I don't even know if even musicians call it that anymore. I just remember uh, somebody said that that's what, that that's what that's called, Time No Changes. And so it's a, it's a chromatic approach to yeah. playing. Instead of just taking a mode, oh, yeah, we're just playing on this Phrygian mode, those guys might play a song just have the melody and then they're off and running and so uh that's just another concept sure. to, to grab and uh, depending on you know what kind because sometimes you write a song and it'd be all these chords and stuff and maybe like you know this is awkward to play over this thing you know let's try something else but um yeah you were gonna say no I, i'm just you were enumerating all the facets and different mm-hmm. types of music that Wayne oh yeah, played. oh yes, yeah. So he started out, you know, with the hard bop thing, and then to Miles's thing, and then he went to fusion. Right, he's one of the sonic architects mm-hmm. of electric jazz. Yeah, and then in that fusion thing, he had some different, you know, places he went. That that Atlantis record is a classic, but yeah. it's more compositional, which oh, yeah. is interesting. You know how he structured that structured that record, and then um, I think at that point it was almost like downhill. And then it was like the critics were clamoring for him to stop this. You know, I, I don't know if you remember that that one article that came out, either in the Times or the Village Voice. It was a, one of those guys Uh-oh. said something like, almost like, "Stop this! Stop the madness!" You well, know, it was. You're talking about the period '90s, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he had an electric band. Yeah. Um, definitely following in the no pun intended footsteps yeah. of Weather Report, but with like a yeah, I mean, by comparison, listening to this, uh, a, a very uh, unusual sonic kind of space that he was working in. It was almost like one of the fathers of fusion had a bastard child. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody was accepting him. Yeah, and there were a lot of people moved through the group in a relatively short period of time. Yeah, he Nothing always really gelled yeah. the way this band. I mean, it's only yeah. kind of in hindsight looking at the fact... He's had this band now for 12, 13 years. Mm-hmm. We were talking off mic about the fact that's already twice as long as he played with Miles. Yeah, yeah. You know, and he played in several different, uh, you know, time periods within that short period of time with Miles. So yeah. this band's now uh, got a longevity at least twice as long. Mm-hmm. And there is a, 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 a unique sound that's come out of this band. There's... Um, He's created a, a new and successful environment in which he can do what he does. 
And in hindsight, now looking back, that 90s period, that never really quite came to pass. Yeah, I mean, it's like, um, like you're right. I mean, it's like when I would see him live, it would be like always with a different group, a yeah. very loud drummer. <laughs> but yeah, but I remember uh, Patitucci was with him through a bunch of that, though. He stayed on, didn't he? I think Patitucci was playing with him when you and I went and saw him at the Blue Note at one point. Um, I could be wrong about that. I, I think we'll, we'll, we'll discuss that <laughs> okay. off air. And we'll, I might we'll, be. Uh, yeah. We might have to edit this out. <laughs> <laughs> you're silly. Oh, well, anyway, you're right. I mean, it, it was it was constantly changing you yeah. know, personnel. And that's I, mean, I, not, still, I, I say that now, that it was not a successful band, despite the fact that I would always want to go and hear them yeah. and enjoy it. Well, I mean, I think you're going to always get a lot with Wayne, even if it, even if the the the, the support uh, personnel is not the ideal, let's just say. Mm. He's still going to make sure he can do his thing over whatever he's playing over. So, uh, yeah, I, yeah. Anyway. Mm. Well, I guess by comparison, what mm-hmm. we're saying is uh, by comparison. This band sounds pretty good. Mm -hmm. How about that? Well, we're going to go back to this great live recording. We've got more terrific live stuff. that We're going to keep this going at least till 9 p.m. And uh, we are celebrating the 80th birthday of Wayne Shorter. He turned 80 years old yesterday. Still strikes the mind and eye as a youthful, vibrant player and person. Mind. He got 30 years on me. I'm like, wow, what's going to happen? <laughs> Someday we'll be sitting here doing the Eric Person birthday broadcast. <laughs> I hope so. That's, that's, that's the goal. That's right. Eric Person. Oh, you know what I was thinking about? I've, I've done about, I don't know how many of these deep focuses I've done. We haven't done a deep focus on my own Uh-oh. music. Uh-oh. Well, you can't do a deep focus on your own music. We well, get, get somebody, somebody else to do it, but I right. deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we got to get somebody in. We're going to do this. Is, we got a different format. This is your life. <laughs> <laughs> this is your life. we got all kinds of guests we're going to bring in for that one. Yeah, you right. might... that's, that's funny. <laughs> you are listening to WKCR. It's the Wayne Shorter birthday broadcast, and uh, this is rolling right into... Bird Prez, too. This is a great, great week to be a saxophonist Yep, in New York City. And uh, so it's this, we're listening to live recordings of this great quartet that's still a working band for Wayne Shorter, Danilo Perez, piano, John Patitucci on the bass, Brian Blade playing drums. And uh, we're going to hear the conclusion of this performance from the Hollywood Bowl, June 17th, 2001. This, and uh, per... Your evaluation. This is Juju. Juju. Oh, this is the last song. Oh, yeah. yeah, Juju. Yeah. Anything yeah. we should say about that, or should we dive in? What do you uh, think? Oh well, I mean that's from the album Juju. I mean that was uh, Wayne's second record on Blue Note in the '60s, and that's that's I mean really like Juju and Speak No Evil, like the top of the heap of uh, what Wayne did in the '60s on Blue Note. So, and here you, he's getting to. After all that time going by, he's pulling it out and dusting it off. Oh yeah, dusting it off. And and if you if you don't have that record in your collection or don't know it as a musician or even as just even as just a listener of jazz, lover of jazz, you got to go get it. You know, uh, that is a must. <laughs> you know, McCoy. Well, that record is McCoy and um, uh, Elvin Jones and Reggie. Reggie Workman. Yeah, yeah, Reggie. Workman. You heard it from Eric Person. 
get out that credit card. <laughs> <laughs> and while you add it, I have a couple. No, right. yeah, yeah. Look okay. for Eric Person's <laughs> records. And uh, think about that while we play the end of this set for you from uh, 2001 from L.A. Music from Birthday Boy, Wayne Shorter on WKCR. Part one. There's three parts of this one. Once again, it's Monday, August 26, 2013. Eric Person, my guest on the topic of Wayne Shorter on the occasion of his 80th birthday, the day after his 80th birthday, August 25th, 2013. That is part one. There are two more parts coming your way. Go and check them out. You can find them if you haven't done it already. You can subscribe to Deep Focus on your favorite podcasting app. You can find us. If it's not on there, it's always at the hosting site, which is mitchgoldman.podbean.com. And it's free. It's all free. There's no ads. There's no buttons to push. It's yours. And you can also uh, email us. Send it to deepfocusnow at gmail.com. All right, see you over at part two. I'm Mitch Goldman. It's Deep Focus.